Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, what up? It's your boy Reggie Watkins. And you're listening to I'm Probably Right. My man Kevin Cleland is running the boards. What's up, Kevin? Yo, Reggie. How you feeling, man? Doing good, man. Thanks. Good, good, good weekend. Yeah, uh, another another weekend at SoFi Stadium. A little bit better than the first time. That's it, that's it. That's, hey, all you want to do is improve on your situation every week. There was no fights this week, right? Uh, not that I saw. Uh, and believe it or not, I cannot believe it that the Raider fans were much, much nicer than dealing with the Charger fans. Go oh, figure. Wow, the world is a change. <laughs> I was su- surprised myself. I'm surprised hearing it myself. Uh, this week, we are going to talk about a myriad of topics. We are going to start out with the quarterback competitions around around the NFL. We're going to also talk about a little bit of LeBron James. Uh, didn't get any votes as the best player in the NBA from GMs. How we feel about that? We're also going to talk about Kevin Durant and Draymond Green's interview. But first up. Week two of the NFL preseason is in the books. And we got a second look at the rookie quarterbacks and some of these quarterback competitions around the league. Kevin, are you intrigued by any of these competitions going on, any of these uh, these quarterback duels? I love it. It, uh, it makes a better player. Yeah, right? You got competition. You got to work harder. Got to work harder. Got to uh, put your best foot forward, as they say. And last night, we were recording this on a Tuesday. Last night was Monday. Monday Night Football was Jacksonville Jaguars versus the New Orleans Saints, the new New Orleans Saints minus Drew Brees. And they have a quarterback competition going on between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Did you watch that game, Kevin? I I missed that one. I didn't see it. Okay. uh, You didn't miss much besides Jameis Winston looking like the old famous Jameis Winston from Florida State, and then his first year in the NFL where he was Rookie of the Year. He was lights out last night. Lights out. I mean, it was like they told this dude there was a competition, and he was like, oh, this is what I live for. He got out there with 9 for 10, 150 yards, uh, uh, two touchdowns, had more touchdowns than he had incompletions. And Taysom Hill came out there and looked like Taysom Hill. Why was there ever any kind of doubt that this was actually a competition between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill? And I know why people thought this. Because last year, when Drew Brees got hurt, they brought in Taysom Hill, and they signed Taysom Hill before the season to a a contract that sounds like he could be a starting NFL quarterback, a backup that becomes a starter. You know what I'm saying? He was getting about... 15 to $17 million a year, which is backup quarterback friend starting money. While Jameis Winston was on a one-year deal with, with, uh, with, with little to no money, and they re-signed him and gave him a couple more years, right? Taysom Hill was throwing balls in the dirt. Uh, he completed a couple passes. Uh, he, was th- he threw over a couple people's head. Couldn't get any drives going, uh, you know, any first downs. And that's what you expect from a dude who's 30-plus years old in the NFL and hasn't really thrown any damn balls. Like, he's not a quarterback. He's a gadget player. So you've got Jameis Winston, and I feel like anytime Jameis Winston is playing, especially this year, his theme music should be Roy Jones Jr.'s Y'all Must Have Forgot. Because y'all must have forgot that this dude 
is actually he was actually pretty good. And 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 what happens and what I want people and what I hope I do with this show, Kevin, is that I give people an understanding of people change, man. People go through adversity. People come out of the adversity and most times they're better for it. But for some reason, when it comes to sports, we think that people do one bad thing and that is who they are for the rest of their sporting lives. When we don't do that with ourselves, well, we, you shouldn't do it with yourselves. I'm sure some people beat themselves up forever, but we don't do it with ourselves for the most part and we don't do it with anybody that we care about. But when it comes to athletes, we think one thing should define them for the rest of eternity. In 2019, Jameis Winston, after being the number one overall pick in the NFL for a reason, because he is that dude. He has an arm. He can throw the football like most people cannot. Okay? Number one overall pick out of Florida State after winning at Heisman and, and winning a national championship in college. Comes to the NFL and is the rookie of the year. Has steady years where he's good. Not great. Went to a Pro Bowl. Never like the greatest quarterback in the NFL, but good. He has one season in 2019, right? And don't forget that this 2019 season was a new year with Dirk Cutter. No, 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 no. The year before that was with Dirk Cutter, okay? Uh, became the coach after they fired Lovey Smith because they thought Dirk Cutter was so amazing with Jameis, they wanted him to be the head coach. So they fired Lovey Smith, made Dirk Cutter the head coach, and didn't work out. And I like Dirk Cutter. I actually played with Dirk Cutter uh, when he was at the University of Oregon. I uh, went to summer camp there and uh, balled out, and he, he named me the quarterback of the camp. So Dirk Cutter's my guy. But in the NFL, Dirk Cutter was not that guy. And Jameis Winston has one bad year, uh, and, and that is with the current coach. Uh, Kevin, who's, who's the current coach right now? The dude that wears the, the, the Kangos. Um, oh, from uh, Bruce Arians. Yes, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians gets there, and in 2019, Jameis Winston has a year that a lot of you want to forget. You want to remember, but you wish that you could forget that you remember that he threw 30 interceptions. That was the league high. Interceptions, 30. That's a lot of damn interceptions, okay? That's a lot. But you know what else he did that year? He led the league in passing yards. 5,109. Let me repeat that. 5,109 yards is what he threw for. 60% completion percentage. You know how many touchdowns he threw? Just the second most in the NFL at 33 behind Lamar Jackson, who people love to say, oh, we don't know how good he is. <laughs> he led the league in, in passing touchdowns in 2019. And Jameis Winston came in second with 33. Through 30 interceptions, 33 touchdowns, 5,109 yards. He goes to New Orleans after being shamed because he threw 30 interceptions. Okay? We had, we had I think Peyton Manning had one year, his rookie year, where he threw 28. And just because it happened in his rookie year, we thought all of a sudden, well, you know, he, he progressed and he got better. Jameis had, he started out better than Peyton, and then he had a bad year four years into his career. He goes to New Orleans, he gets to sit down for a year watching Drew Brees prepare, learning how to be a better quarterback. He's also with Sean Peyton, who's supposed to be the quarterback guru, whisperer, right? He's an offensive genius. And now he's getting a chance to ball, and we're seeing him ball out. Do not sleep on the New Orleans Saints with Jameis Winston at quarterback this year. 
I'm telling you, this dude was a pro bowler for a reason. And the only problem with him is that he is overconfident in his ability to throw the ball. He gets overconfident and tries to fit into tight windows. He gets overconfident and tries to make every pass a home run. But what I hope has happened and what usually happens to people when they when they get humbled a bit and they go through some adversity, they come back on the other side and they're a little better for it. I think that year of sitting behind Drew Brees is going to give him the knowledge and the humility to come back and say, yo, I can live to see another down. I don't have to try to squeeze this in between two dudes. How about I just throw the ball out of bounds, let the punter kick it and have our defense come over and, and hold us on. Keep us in these games. And they're in a division that they can win. I mean, ooh, ooh, Carolina with Sam Darnold? No. Atlanta Falcons? No. Who, who else is the NFC, NFC, uh, NFC South? Who we got over there? Uh, uh, we got the Saints. We got, oh, the B- B- Buccaneers. Buccaneers are going to win that division. But the Saints could easily win 10, 11 games in this NFL and be a wildcard team. For sure. And I can't wait to see those matchups with Jameis actually getting to play against his, his former team. This is going to be exciting. We also got to look at uh, Trevor Lawrence last night uh, for the Jaguars, and he was getting, he was getting beat down. They, I mean, their offensive line is not good, and he's going to start. Even though Urban Meyer keeps saying it's a competition, there ain't no competition, man. You, you're, they're going to put that guy out there because they got him to sell tickets. He's from Florida. They want to see him play right away, and he's supposed to be the end-all, be-all of quarterback prospects that's coming to the league. They want to see him, and I'm watching him, and he looks good, but he ain't been looking great. He don't, he don't look like that. there's that extra thing with him that separates him from anybody else. And, again, this is the preseason, but what I'm watching – yeah, he's. I guess he's better than Gardner Minshew. He's supposed to be, but I ain't seen it. They both don't look good. The one guy that has really uh, turned 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 my head is uh, Zach Wilson because I thought he was going to suck. I just I I just expected that dude coming from BYU playing against nobody and all of a sudden getting wish-casted up to the second pick was going to suck. But I'm watching him play these games. And true, he's not playing against the first-team defense all the time. Most of the time he's been playing against second- and third-teamers. But he his arm just looks ridiculous. And I'm watching him throw some of these throws. And I thought, I, I watched a couple, and he looked like he was on his back foot. He was throwing across his body. And I'm like, oh, man, his, his footwork looks terrible. But the ball was getting there. And, and I got to say, what people were trying to compare him to before the draft was uh, Patrick Mahomes. And uh, if I if I squint hard enough, Kevin, if I squint hard enough, I can see it. He he's gonna start. There is no competition there. They cleared the deck for him. He's gonna start. There's no competition. It's a wrap. He's gonna start day one. San Francisco. Trey Lance. I watched him this weekend with my dad, who 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 tried to tell me that I'm misrepresenting him on my podcast when making him think that making him sound like he's a Trey Trey Lance uh, disciple. Or just a lover, which he is. But uh, I watched him, and the problem with Trey Lance is the what what is normally the problem with all these guys. He's a rookie who doesn't have much experience playing in the NFL level. And so what happened was he comes out here in the first couple of drives, and he looks like a rookie and a dude who just you just don't know if he he hasn't even has the acumen to play the game right now. He just doesn't have the experience. It doesn't look like he knows how to run. Doesn't doesn't look like he can you know put 
accurate balls in play. He was throwing over people's head, throwing it too hard through receivers' hands. I mean, it just looked like all up and down. Then he comes back, and he has a great series where he throws amazing balls, and he looks like he's this the next, the next great thing. Then he has another great series, and he has a bad series. And that is called being a rookie quarterback in the NFL. And with a playoff-ready team like the 49ers, you cannot start that guy right away. That's why they have Jimmy Garoppolo. They could have traded him, but they didn't. They kept Jimmy Garoppolo because this team is ready to win now. The guys in that locker room, the veterans in that locker room, are not there to have to start over with a rookie quarterback and learn on, on their time. I mean, hell, these guys are putting their bodies on the line. I mean, these guys are getting hurt for a chance to win championships. They're not trying to wait for this rookie to learn on their dime. Jimmy Garoppolo is there. Now, if he sucks, then you take him out in a couple of weeks. If Jimmy Garoppolo starts the first two or three games and he's god-awful and they're like 0-3, you pull him out and you put the rookie in and hey, let's go. The Trey Lance era starts right now. But until then, you leave the established veteran in that in that damn system. You leave him in that position and you, 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 you take what comes, what, what may. Then you got the Bears with Justin Fields. And now this is the total opposite because Justin Fields came into this game and didn't look as great as he did the first week, but he still looked damn good, threw some great passes, ran the ball very well, got his head knocked off once, but still he's playing behind Andy Dalton who does not look good. That guy should start day one Put him in. But for some reason, Matt Nagy keeps saying Dalton's going to be our starter day one, no matter what the fans are seeing in the preseason, no matter what anybody is seeing uh, from Justin Fields. Don't make sense, but that's what they're going to do. But, uh, but don't make sense is, is, is Nagy's middle name. I mean, I mean, Mitchell Trubisky, they did the whole deal with him and they didn't even use him right. Now he was at Buffalo and Mitchell Trubisky comes and plays with Buffalo and murders the Bills in preseason. Looks like a, the quarterback that the, the Bears wished he would have been. But again, week two of the preseason, we can't expect anything. Only thing I expect is Jameis Winston to be the starter, Trey Lance to be the backup, Justin Fields to be the backup for some whatever reason. I don't know why. Uh, Jack Wilson is going to start. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to start. And they're going to get their head beat in. It's going to be exciting to watch. I'm here for it. I'm here for NFL football this season. Can't wait. LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James is in the news again. Always in the news. Um, He recently was uh, sarcastically tweeting about not receiving a single vote in an off-season survey done by um, some NBA executives where I guess there was 10 votes. And LeBron James received zero votes as the NBA's best player. Uh, The voting was split, five votes for Kevin Durant and five votes for Giannis Antetokounmpo. And LeBron, I guess, is not happy with that. And, and, uh, you know, was was, uh, keep doubting me, keep keep putting shade on me, and we're going to see. And I halfway agree with the GMs, right? Um, you got you. Yeah. I mean, if the, if you're trying to say that Giannis is head and shoulders better than LeBron James, then I got an issue with that. Because what head and shoulders above LeBron James does, does Giannis do? 
Hell, when LeBron James was last seen in the NBA before the playoffs when he was coming back from injury, uh, before he got injured, he was the, I mean, I mean, widely believed to be the NBA MVP in year 18 of, of, of his career. Year 18, he is the MVP. He gets hurt, and then that all goes away, comes back for the playoffs, and still looks, uh, you know, doesn't look like LeBron James totally. Now, if you're trying to say Giannis, who they both shoot about the same from the free throw line, you know, 70s-ish, but LeBron is still a better passer. Giannis is a, you know, Giannis is a better rebounder, gets more rebounds. Giannis might lead, is a, scores more, but I don't think this year, this year they're about the same in scoring. And LeBron still, everything ran through him. And next year, most things are going to run through him. He's going to be the one that is, is leading the team, running the team. Giannis doesn't do that. Giannis just does what Giannis has to do, which I'm not knocking him for it. But when you got to compare him to LeBron James, I still say LeBron is a better basketball player than Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, I, I don't know what the NBA GMs are saying. Now, if we're taking into account age, then yeah, you're going to take Giannis. Where I, where I disagree with LeBron having an uh, issue about, you know, the, the voting is Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant is, is better than LeBron James right now. As a pure, just basketball player. Because his scoring is so much more. The, his shooting and his just ability to get buckets weighs so much more above what LeBron is going to do in year 19. So I think what you're doing is if you're taking into account the age, you have to take into account, yeah, LeBron's been doing this for a long time. Will he be able to do it again? We'll see. I'm not mad at somebody putting Kevin Durant ahead of LeBron James, but Giannis, nah, we, we got to do, we, we, <laughs> we got to rethink this. And I love that LeBron is getting all, he's, he's heated, heated. Because the Lakers going to come back and they're going to show everybody, oh, what the hell y'all talking about, man? We got dogs over here. And 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 it's just more more fuel to the fire. They hating on Anthony Davis. I, people talk, I heard people last week talking about Anthony Davis ain't even a top 10 player. Man, I can't even listen to people talk basketball no more when they talk like this. It just don't make no damn sense. And Russell Westbrook is going, oh, oh, man. It's going to be phenomenal. This season is shaping up. I love the drama that's coming with it. We're going to have all these storylines, old LeBron versus the young league. And, oh, man, I'm excited. Can't wait. And LeBron, meanwhile, keeps posting all these uh, workout videos. I think he was on, like, the, the stair climber uh, with the little, the, the little uh, you know, the, the, the arm machine and the whole deal. He's doing that and making sure people know that he's working out at 37 years old and he's getting it. I love it. And yeah, I mean, I, 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 I do. And, and somebody accused me, Kevin, the other day of being a LeBron lover. I am not a LeBron lover. I am just a defender of the hated. If anybody is hating on you for no damn reason, trust me, it's like the bat signal. I will be there to defend you. I'm there for LeBron. I'm here for LeBron. Just not if he's arguing about Kevin Durant being greater than him. And speaking of Kevin Durant, we're going to talk about him in the next segment because I love the interview we saw with Draymond Green and Kevin Durant. Let's get into it next. (music) 
So I don't know if uh, any of you guys had a chance to catch the Kevin Durant uh, and Draymond Green interview. It's on the Bleacher Report Network. Uh, Draymond Green has a show called Chips, and it emanates from Chip on Your Shoulder, which is what Draymond Green lives with and plays with to a T. And uh, he sat down with Kevin Durant, and they had a dope conversation. Kevin, did you did you see this? I missed that. No, I didn't see it. Oh, man. I would suggest everybody check this thing out. Uh, it was pretty dope, and it gives you some insight into how Kevin Durant thinks about life, uh, what he thinks about basketball, what he thinks about what you think he cares about or what he does in his life. Um, and also shed some light on the Kevin Durant and Draymond Green uh, spat that happened, I believe it was 2019, before before Kevin Durant ultimately left and went to the Brooklyn Nets uh, his last year with the Warriors. And one thing that I saw, I took away from this interview, is that the athletes, they don't need the media anymore. This is really like they're showing you they really don't need you. And, and, it, and it made me think about um, uh, Naomi Osaka and the whole thing that she goes through and she's been going through with the media where, you know, she's just not having a good time answering these questions and stepping up to the podium and yada, yada, yada. And at one point I'm saying to myself when I think about Naomi Osaka and any of these athletes, like, yo, no, this is part of what you sign up to do. You need this. At the same time, though, they would much rather be talking to one of their peers than you, right? Because usually I've been watching Kevin Durant do some of these interviews and these post-game you know, talks, and he just – he what it sounds like is he's he, – he, Kevin Durant sounds like he's 75 now. Like he just doesn't give a damn when he's doing these interviews. He sounds like somebody who's, who's lived enough to where he's not worried about what you think of his answer. And – that's how it comes across when he's talking to people that aren't really his peers in the game or other athletes, when he's talking to like a sideline reporter who hasn't played the game. But when he's talking to Draymond Green, this is one of the best conversations I've ever seen a sports. It's like basically like LeBron in the shop where they're sitting in there talking just real talk and 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 being personable and answering questions that you would not think that they would answer this way. Um, so they're talking about the whole uh, spat between them where Draymond Green called Kevin Durant the B word during a game against the Clippers. And then Kevin Durant got upset and, you know, they had to be separated by, by Boogie Cousins of all people. <laughs> he was the guy trying to keep the peace. Um, and Draymond is talking about how, you know, asking Kevin if that was the reason why he left or that played the biggest part in him leaving the Warriors after his third year there when they had just won two straight championships and, and almost won a third one. If he had not torn his Achilles versus the Raptors, I definitely believe that they killed the Raptors. And Kevin Durant said as much. Um, and Draymond asked him if that is the reason why he left. And he says, no, you know, I think it was more the way that they handled it. And him and Draymond both go into the fact that the Warriors brass tried to come in and micromanage the situation without really dealing with it. And it goes back to, you know, this analytics thing that we're living in where analytics are real. They're numbers, they're facts. But sometimes these executives and these analytics people forget that behind these numbers are actually real people. 
right? They're real people on the court going through things. They're real people with emotions. And not just these, these executives forget this, the fans forget this type of stuff too. Um, and, and these are people, these are people going through things that you've never been through, that you will never go through. You know, there we we talk about, you know, I would love to play a child's game and get paid for it. Yeah, you would love to, but you will never. <laughs> These guys have gotten to such a place in their lives at their career and their specialty that they're getting paid millions of dollars to do their job while at the same time being scrutinized more than you can ever imagine or believe. So it was fascinating to hear them talk about this and, and to hear Draymond Green basically say that he told Bob Myers to shut the hell up or he laughed in his face when Bob Myers and Steve Kerr told him that he was going to have to apologize. They're like, no, uh, you ain't going to tell me I'm going to do anything. And what I took from that whole deal, what Draymond saying, I laughed in their face. I told them, you ain't going to tell me what to do. I'll do whatever the hell I want to do is the NBA got guaranteed contracts and there's nothing you can do to no damn Trayvon Green after you'd have paid him the bag. That dude, you are not telling him anything because he's already got his money. He's going to do what the hell he wants to do. And I know NFL players are watching that interview like, damn, I wish I could talk to my boss like that. That was fun. Uh, just, it's just really good TV watching. And, and Kevin Durant goes in to talk about uh, the burner accounts because Draymond asked him about that, about him having burner accounts. And he was like, yeah. And, but he also said, you know, you, you, you had the burner accounts, but I really respect that now you're talking on your own Twitter and Instagram the same way you do on the burner accounts. You're doing it with your name behind it. And Kevin Durant was like, yeah, you know, it was just – me growing. And that's what it is. Like the same way I was talking about Jameis earlier, we want to put somebody in a, in a position and leave them there forever, especially when it comes to our sports and our athletes. But Kevin Durant is a human being who has been growing every single year. And yeah, he had burner accounts because why? Because he wants to be just like you and I, he wants to be able to get on Twitter and talk crap two people back and forth. But what happens when a guy like Kevin Durant actually talks crap with people back and forth? The media comes on TV and says, what are you doing worrying about this guy? We, the media literally comes on and says that the general public are not anybody to ever have to have dialogue with. Kevin Durant should never even be worried about these peons, basically is what they're talking about. Why, why is he even talking to these people? Because he's a person who he's a person who might like to roast somebody every now and then, just like anybody else would like to. But he can't do that because he gets paid millions of dollars and the world expects him to be one way. And he was never doing anything maliciously. Literally, people act like this guy was on Twitter uh, talking about killing people. He was literally only talking about basketball. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. The same way, I, I feel like this happens with our sports personalities. The same way LeVar Ball has gotten such a bad... People don't even know why they don't like him. But when you dig into what the hell he was actually doing... I've, I had an argument with friends last week where I'm talking about LeVar Ball, and I'm like, yo, are you guys willing and ready to say that you were wrong about everything you said about this guy three years ago, four years ago, when Lonzo was coming into the league. People were calling him a bad dad. He's ruining his kids. He took one kid out of high school. And he's not going to make it to the NBA. He's got another kid he's talking and saying that he's going to be better than Steph Curry. He's going to ruin that kid's career. Well, 
One kid, Lonzo Ball, just got an $85 million contract from the, from the Bulls. Another kid was the number two overall pick in the NBA draft, rookie of the year. Um, you know, after his brother was the number two overall pick in the draft. He's got a third son, Leangelo Ball, who just made the roster for the Charlotte Hornets. So just like LeVar, LeVar said, four years ago, five years ago, he was going to have three kids in the NBA. It happened. None of them ruined. Everybody's doing well. Man, he was talking so much stuff, and he was just ruining them kids. No, I'm still not going to say he was. he's a bad parent. Why? What did he do? What did he do that was so bad? What do these sports people do that is so bad that we have to castigate them for the rest of their lives? LeVar Ball said that his son was be- going to be the greatest player of all time. And you're mad at a dad for saying that? Like, what, what, what does your dad think of you? What does your parent think of you? I would hope that you have parents that think that you are great and talk you up to people. Why is that a bad thing? Well, you put expectations on them. And it's his fault that you are a hater, that you're going to hold him to those expectations. And if he doesn't make it to the heights that his dad was saying that he should make it to, you're going to call him on it. I, I, I just don't understand. And this is what Kevin Durant is talking about. Yo, I just want to be able to be a person. I'm on a journey just like you. I'm living life just like you, taking it day by day, getting better than I was before. And I'm doing something that I love. And we got to just give these guys room to be people too. And that's what I took from watching this. Let these dudes be people just like you're a person. You have failures, you have successes, yours just aren't on TV every day and magnified throughout the press and the media. But these are still people and they're no better than you and no worse than you just because they get paid lots of money. They're still people living lives, doing things, messing up, getting better. And I'm fascinated by Kevin Durant. I, I, I want to watch this guy continue to grow. I want to watch more of this story. I hope Draymond Green starts doing these interviews all the time because I want the real candid athletes to talk about how they feel and what they're dealing with. And they're not doing that with the mainstream media anymore. It's just not that. So I think we're seeing a new wave of what's to come is you're going to have these players start their own little offshoots and they'll just interview the players because y'all act like they can't live lives. So I'm off my soapbox. That's my little diatribe today. Let people be human. Let people mess up. Let people make mistakes and get better and hope they get better. Don't hope that they keep messing up. Hope that people get better also known as Stop Being a Hater. That's our episode for this week. I'm Reggie Watkins. You listen to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe. Leave us a comment. Don't be hating. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.